1: have an abortion, and it took me years to actually be able to say that. Welcome back to 10 Hours from Home. Uh, I was going to put on a different episode this week, but I decided that it wasn't appropriate for where I was at with my mindset. And which is why this episode is late. So I was gonna wait to do this episode um with a friend of mine and we were gonna get into all the kind of like nitty gritty of abortions and the different experience that she had versus my experience and et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know, it's been a a little bit since Roe v. Wade was overturned and I've just sat with it for a little bit and I've been angry. I've been sad. I've been all the things that I think a lot of people are, but mostly what it's done is really like, I don't want to say re-traumatized me, but re-terrorized me about the abortion that I had
0: over Nine, ten years ago now. And the thing is, I have always been pro choice. I was raised by, you know, a child
1: of the 70s, the 60s and the 70s, who is a nurse practitioner in women's health. So she has seen all the things. And, and, uh, I really thought that I was absolutely for a woman's choice to like woman's right to choose but i would never get an abortion i would never do that i would never ever ever do that um it just wasn't something that i ever saw myself being able to do right and that was kind of always the emotional like the mindset is that i could never do it emotionally and i would just always you know i believe in everyone's right to choose but it w- it wasn't for me it wasn't something that i would choose And then it actually happened. I got pregnant with my ex husband. He was not my husband at the time. Um, I was 23 or 24. I can't remember. I think it was 23. And I was on birth control. I had actually changed my birth control um, from an American birth control to uh, a French birth control. I don't know if it was specifically French. Um but that's what I remember is that I was on birth control in America and then switched over to just make it easier so I wouldn't have to like go back and like load up on my prescriptions and all this stuff. And so I switched to a French birth control. And when I did that, something snuck by and I ended up getting pregnant and you know, I I really like I remember, or my mom remembers, I don't really, I blacked out when I got the information, but um, I did, we were in Las Vegas with my grandma and my mom and my ex-husband, and I called the the people you call to get the results, and I remember, I do remember this part, this woman on the other side of the phone said, Uh, what are you calling for today? I said, I'm calling for my results for my pregnancy test. And she said to me, a 23-year-old person, who she didn't know if this was good news or bad news, she said, congratulations, you're pregnant. And I was like, holy shit. And I hung up the phone and woke up my mom, because I called them at like a ridiculous hour. They had a 24-hour service thing, and I just, I couldn't sleep. I just wanted to know. And I called them and I woke up my mom and I just sat in the bed where my ex-husband was and I, we were sleeping in like this pull-out couch and like this, you know, apartment we had rented. And I told both of them and I just remember just saying to everybody, why are you so calm? Why are you not freaking out? Why are both of you so calm? And They both just said, you know, whatever you decide to do, we'll support you. While that is a very kind phrase, especially coming from my mom, like, you know, she didn't have anything to do with this decision. She just was like, I love you. I'll support you, whatever you decide. But when, like, it's a great thing for your partner to say, right? Like, I'll support you, whatever you decide. But like, we're in this together. Like, I'm not, I mean, you know. I probably would have ended like based on the partner that I had, I probably would have end up ended up raising my child by myself or my potential child by myself, but uh at that time, it was us, like we were in this together allegedly, you know, so it's a very supportive phrase, and then it's also not because it's kind of like, well, you have this decision to make, and it's true, it's my body, it's my choice, um, I'm the one who's carrying this pregnancy and this child and uh, But it's also, you know, like, could you, like, I don't know, weigh in a little bit? Or, like, how do you feel? Like, I'm freaking the fuck out. And maybe it's true it wasn't an appropriate time to be like, oh, I'm freaking the fuck out too. But um, anyway, so I didn't make a decision until, like, the 11th hour, to be honest. Because I really, like, it's something... And I'm probably, I'm definitely gonna get emotional because I'm already getting emotional. But um, it's definitely something that even now, as a 34 year old woman, I don't regret because uh, we'll get into why I don't regret it, like in later episodes, just because of the partner that I was with at the time. Um, but it sticks with me, and it, I it's something I think about even to this day, 11. 10, 11 years later. And I think it's the hardest. I mean, I don't think, I know it is the hardest decision I've ever made in my entire life because I have always wanted kids. And I
0: wanted kids, like, from the moment I can remember being a kid, I always said I want
1: 10 kids. Then I got it down to a more realistic five kids, and then, you know, after spending more time with various children, I was like, okay, maybe three, three is good, um, but it is something that I have always wanted, and now I'm 34, and I still don't have it, so it's, you know, it's a hard pill to swallow as I think about, you know, where I am in my life and the fact that I could have gone a very different route and had a kid, and, you know, anyway, I digress, um but I do want to talk a little bit about the fact that when I was in the U.S., I still was under my mother's insurance, and so I could, in theory, get an abortion, and I sat with this like I said, until the eleventh hour I did the math on literally everything. Disposable diapers versus reusable diapers. I was still in school, so I was like, Okay, if I finish up online, I can get a part time job and then I can, you know, be good for there. And then France, you know, offers this much assistance and um you know, like I was I was doing the math and I was sitting there and I was going through all these things, and my ex husband at the time was working on a CDD contract, which, if you listen to the job episode, you know, not to like plug an episode, but like, you know that that's like with a determined end date. So it was never like a guaranteed situation for us, for money wise coming in. And so I. I sat with it. I did the math. And I was sitting there while I was doing the math and trying to figure out all the things. And, you know, at the time, my ex and I lived in a 22 square meter apartment, which is 200 square feet. Um, And I finally came to the conclusion that this isn't what you should be thinking about when you bring a life into this world. And this is not the stress that you should be putting on to a, ba- a brand new life coming into this world and like what kind of life am i able to provide for this potential child if i'm literally freaking out and doing the math and like going to have to work a part-time job and you know all of these things and finishing school and you know i was literally doing the math down to like okay if i have my due my due date is x and if i you know Finish like I was at the end, the tail end of school, and I was like, okay, I can finish school before the baby gets here, and I'll just do this and do that and blah, blah blah. And I literally was doing all the math to try to make it work. And I just, like I said, came to the realization that that's not fair. That's not fair to do to to myself. That's not fair to do to a potential new life in this world. Like I want my kids to be nothing but happy, you know? And if I'm stressing out about money and about time and about everything else, that's not a situation that's like happy and joyous to bring a new life into. That's just not fair to that that life. It's not. And so I finally made the decision to um, have an abortion and it took me years to actually be able to say that, that I had an abortion. I used to just say that I got, pre- like, if somebody had ever, if the topic ever came up, I would say, yes, I had been pregnant before, and obviously I not don't have a child, so I was not pregnant, like, to term, or whatever. I would come up with some kind of, like, roundabout way of saying, with, like, to not say the word, and, um... So I finally made that decision, and I remember making that decision and going to the doctor,
0: and my doctor told me, well, I don't do them. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? And I just remember it
1: being like I was a person with insurance, and, you know, my family had means. I mean, not like you know, the most means, but I, you know, I had resources. My mom was a medical professional and honest to God, if she hadn't been, I really don't know what I would have done because she literally called people and asked them, you know, who do you know in my region who does abortions? Like she called the different clinics around and like got me an appointment. Um, like, got me put into the schedule because everybody was booked up and all this stuff. So there was one woman in the Greater California Kaiser Network, one woman who did them, who would prescribe the pill to have an abortion, like the abortion pill, or I don't know the technical name for it. And um, I remember going in for my appointment, and the ironic thing about all of this is that the way that I found out I was pregnant, by the way, is that I wanted to have an IUD put in because I was with somebody and we were, you know, committed and all this stuff, and before I had to put, before I got to put my IUD in, they had to do a pregnancy test. And so like I literally was trying to even have better birth control options than I currently had. So anyway, um I got put in with this doctor and she was not nice but not not nice and i left the appointment with her and they brought me into another room with um counselor and asked me all kinds of questions about various things like uh if I mean, which is fair standard things like am I being abused or, you know, anything like that, those kind of questions. And then she asked me. If I thought I was making the right decision. And. I just was like. I, I just burst into tears and I was like, yeah, I really do. I'm I'm young and my, you know, my boyfriend is young, like we're we're young. We don't have any money like. You know, I, I had to defend myself about the decision that I was making that I already was really emotional and upset about. And then she basically accused my ex of cheating on me, which, I mean, he did a lot of shitty things, but I don't think that that's one of them. And... I just, it was just a massive, already painful situation that was made only more painful by the way that people handled it. And the fact that I couldn't, I had to go, you know, around the system and I had to figure things out. And I couldn't just, like, see a doctor that I was used to seeing um, to get a prescription. It's not like, you know, I didn't do the... um God, I don't know the name of it, but the, the internal one where they basically have like, you know, the, I want to say vacuum, but for lack of a better word, that's, you know, they just kind of like take out the fertilized egg and you're done. Like, I wasn't asking for that. It wasn't a, you know, like a, like a medical type of procedure, like internally that needed to be done. It was literally, I just needed a prescription. And to be denied that, like... (laughs) And have to go over here and under there and around there. And at one point, I was looking at Planned Parenthood, and it was $700 to get it done. And, like, who has $700? Like, that's a lot of money. I, you know, I couldn't, like, I think that was kind of, you know, like a a telltale sign. If I can't afford to, you know, pay to have this done, I probably shouldn't be having a child, you know? Like, it. anyway, it just... It was a nightmare start to finish. And then I took the pill. They prescribed me some pain medication. I refused to take it because I felt like I deserved whatever pain was coming my way because I was making such a horrible decision. And I was like basically thought I was a monster, literally thought I was a monster. And that's probably why, in all honesty, I ended up marrying my ex-husband because I felt like you know, after I did such a horrible thing, like, who else could ever love me after that, you know, like, this is, like, the worst thing I could be doing, and, um, anyway, so I took the pill, refused to take the pain medication, I went through the whole thing, I, you know, vomiting, nausea, the whole thing, um, and it didn't work all the way, like, it didn't, you know, it didn't take, so I had to do the pill again, and it was awful, like, the second time was even worse, that was nausea, it was, um, diarrhea, shakes, like, I was cold, and I couldn't get warm, and I just was, like, shaking out of, like, uncontrollably, and again, I just felt like I deserved it, I felt like this was, you know, my punishment for making this decision, like, it didn't work the first time. I thought that maybe that was a sign um that I had made the wrong decision, but now it was too late. Uh
0: and then after all of this, I got in a car and did a road trip with my ex-husband
1: across the US cuz he was there, we were there. We had planned out this vacation and I just thought it's the best thing to do, like don't want to disappoint him and the people we were supposed to meet along the way
0: and anyway, it just I just remember that <laughs> like and
1: if anybody knows about driving through the u s um well, actually, first we flew to Texas and then rented a car. Um, in Texas to see my mom's best friend, who like I felt safe with, I felt comfortable with. You know, we went and did all kinds of stuff in Texas, and then I was able to just have somebody to like talk to all of this about and who understood me and who I could cry with and and um who I felt safe with, and so that was okay. But the thing about Driving in places like Texas and our next stop, which was Florida, is that you see billboards on the side of the road that says that say things like, mommy, please don't kill me. Or I have a heartbeat
0: at like three days old or um, just other
1: really shitty things when you're going through something like that. And you know, so we would pass by like billboard after billboard after billboard that would say these things and I just would beat myself up, beat myself up, beat myself up and think like, you know, it would just reinforce what a horrible person and what a horrible decision I had just made. And we got to Florida. And uh my grandma lived lived in Florida and We went to her house. She was with my mom, but we went to her house and we borrowed her car and we drove from Leesburg, Florida, which is north of Orlando. And um, one of Trump's strongholds, Uh, he holds rallies there all the time. So if you want to know which way they vote, it's definitely not pro-choice. Um. So we drove from there to Miami, which is about a four-hour drive. And along the way, more like, Mommy, please don't kill me. Like, I have a heartbeat. Um, Like, other just horrible things. But those are the two that I just remember. Like, they're burned in my brain. Like, I can still see the billboard to this day. And we arrive in Miami, and, I mean, I think... Probably you can understand I'm not in the biggest party mood, but my, I had a friend, I still have a friend who lives in Miami and we went out with her and, you know, saw Fat Joe, partied with Fat Joe, did the whole thing. And I put on the like bravest face that I could and like, but I was hurt and I was still hormonal by the way, because you still have those, those hormones surging through you for like, I think eight weeks or something like that. Um, so beyond being like completely depressed and like hating myself for what I had just done, I also was hormonal. And so I just, you know, wasn't having the best time. But then I got to New York. So then we went to New York. And I was really happy to get to New York because, and I don't know if I've ever told these girls this, but, <laughs> um, one of my close friends who I'd known from San Francisco had moved there. And another girl that I had gone to uh, school in Barcelona with had was doing a summer internship there. And it was just like
0: a moment that I could breathe. And they helped me through that shitty moment so much. Okay, I didn't
1: really think I was going to cry this much. I'm really sorry <laughs> for anybody who's listening. But I do feel like... It is important to tell this story because I feel like, you know, a lot of times people tell the story of, like, rape or incest or, um, you know, these horrible things that happen to people. And, like, they absolutely should have the right to have an abortion, but so should people who just aren't ready and who are, I mean, looking back on it now, looking back on it now, if I could tell that girl
0: anything. It would be that you're making the least selfish decision that you could ever make. Because you're doing this
1: for that, you know, for whatever child is meant for you to come in at the right time, not the wrong time and with the wrong person. I mean, I didn't know that then, but (laughs) but those girls helped me through that moment so much. Because I was so low. And then we went to Montreal to visit um, another one of my ex's friends who was living there. And I literally just like shut myself in the room and just let them do their thing. Because I just, I had nothing left in me. So the reason that I wanted to invite my friend on was because shortly after this had happened. um she's italian she's one of my best friends um and shortly after i had had my abortion she got pregnant using the same birth control so um maybe it was user error but i think two of the like five people i know who were on it me and my best friend got pregnant so i feel like it's more of a, a um Manufacturer default, but either way, it happened to both of us. And I just remember her not even in my mind. I don't know. Okay. So I have no idea. But when we talked about it, her and I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. What can I do to support you? Because I knew she wasn't ready, also. And she said, well, I'm just going to get an abortion. And I was like, oh. And I was really shocked at how, don't want to say blasé she was about it, but how seemingly unaffected she was, and that it was just a decision, and, you know, you either do it or you don't do it, and it it's very cut and dry. And, again, I don't know from her perspective what that looked like for her, like, internally, but... I, I think it was just from the conversations that we had, I'm pregnant, it's not the right time, I need to get this done, and I do know that we had a conversation later, because I had a really hard time with her approaching it like that, and selfishly, I did, I had a really hard time, I was upset, I was jealous that she could just feel that way, you know, and have no issue or... I don't want to say remorse, but it was just like, this is just the thing that happens. And this is just the thing that you do. And she didn't have the heaviness. That's what the word, I mean, not the word I'm looking for, but that's the feeling that I, she didn't have the heaviness that I had. She didn't hate herself for making this decision. She didn't, um, she didn't dwell in it for, you know, years. I mean, years, we're talking about this 11 years later and I am crying (laughs) like, So I was jealous that I, you know, that I, she had that experience. And she, we were in France. She's Italian. She went to the doctor. She had the, the internal removal, not the pill. She didn't take the pill. She wanted something that she could just go in, wake up, and it was
0: done. And, um, she did it. and. She's never really talked
1: about it. since. Like, you know, she's never really, like, had a hang-up about it. It's never been something that, like, as far as I understand, she thinks about, you know, two, three times a month, 11 years later. Like, it's just something that happened. It's something that needed to be taken care of. And it's based on science and facts and information, not on rhetoric, that she made her decision. And and how freeing that must feel to, like, not have that happen, like, not feel the way I felt, and and again, I was so angry with her that, like, how dare you be able to feel this way, you know, and, like, my 23-year-old self couldn't really, like, express that or understand that, but that's Looking back on it, that's how I felt. Like, how dare you feel so free to make this decision and not feel burdened by it at all? Because I feel heavily burdened by it. Her experience was night and day. You know, like I said, she went into the doctor. She said, I'm pregnant. I don't want to be. Nobody judged her. Nobody counseled her. Nobody um, accused her boyfriend of cheating on her. Nobody uh, said, I don't do abortions. You have to go to a different doctor. Um none of that happened. She literally scheduled the appointment, went in, the procedure was done, and she went home with some pain medication and and a a pad for bleeding if she had any bleeding afterwards. And so this whole overturning of Roe versus Wade, yes, it's an attack on me as a woman and yes, it's an attack on, you know, civil rights and human rights and and all of these things, but it's also terrorizing me because it's reminding me of this decision that I made it's reminding me of the way I felt and it's making me angry that anybody else in the country in the United States of America who touts to be this free progressive country it makes me angry that I ever felt that way because I know that there's a a, an option to not feel that way and I know that nobody has to feel the way I feel. And I know that the majority of women that I know in the U.S. who have had an abortion feel the way that I feel, maybe for not as long as I felt it. Maybe some people do make jokes about it. But I don't believe that there are many women in the world, in in the U.S., not in the world, because I'm not going to say the world, there are not many women in the U.S. who go into that decision lightly. And I feel like those of us who have had to make that decision, this court is just laughing in our faces and making a whole new generation of women feel bad about making that decision. Because when you have the right to put on a false information on a billboard on the side of the road, but you don't have the right to make a choice about your body and a medical procedure that's going on with your body that's not an easy one to make, let's be honest. It's not an easy call to make. And when you've been taught, indoctrinated for the longest time because of the politicians making these decisions for you, that you are a bad person, that unless you were raped or you have incest going on or, you know, any other violent crime That's the only time you deserve to have an abortion. It just is beyond my comprehension. Like that part of it makes me so mad because it's, you know, what about people like me? What about people who, you know, have medical needs that like are beyond the scope of, you know, whatever. Is mental health not a not a consideration? Is the child's health and life and safety not a consideration? Like that's the part that bothers me, you know. It's and I think that's why I I hated myself for so long for making this decision because you hear all the time, well, oh, pro life, you you're killing babies. Uh, pro choice, you're or, sorry, pro choice, you're killing babies, and you know, mommy, don't don't kill me, and all this shit. It's it, it is burned into your brain, and then if you have to make that decision, and your doctor says. No, I don't do abortions because, uh, you know, whatever. And that's your that's your belief. That's your right. But also to counsel me and, you know, assume that I'm, you know, out here like spreading my legs to everybody. Because that was the other thing they counseled me on was safe sex. I said I'm on birth control and I was in the doctor's appointment. The reason I found out I was pregnant was because I was here to get an IUD after being on birth control. For years I had been on birth control for years because of having bad bad periods and everything and so it was just from top to bottom an awful experience and how dare you do that to me how dare you do that to any woman because I know that there's a difference I know that there is a different way to approach this I know that women can have the freedom In a Catholic country, to not have the burden of feeling like an awful person because they made this decision. And how dare anybody do that to you.
0: And that's pretty much all I wanted to say. And I just, I just am really, you know, like I said, I've,
1: I've sat with this. It's almost been a month, and I was going to wait for my friend, and I just, I couldn't anymore, and I couldn't, I couldn't not express the difference between those two things. The difference between the experience that I had, and the emotions behind it, and the indoctrination of what an awful person I was because of this decision, even not coming from a family that has that rhetoric. Like, I don't even come from a family that has that rhetoric. I thought maybe my grandparents, you know, when I, I didn't tell my grandma, even though she was there. And I told her after I got a divorce, maybe about, I probably told her like four years ago, like it wasn't that long ago that I told her and she said, you made the right decision.
0: And so I don't come from a family of like, you know, my family is religious, but they don't.
1: They are not like my mom is, you know, Unitarian, very open situation. And my mom, like I said, is a healthcare provider. And you know, if she could have done this for me, I'm sure she probably would have, because she went above and beyond to find a doctor who would do this. But the fact that that had to happen is unacceptable. the the fact that access is not available. Is unacceptable. The fact that people are taking away these rights is unacceptable. And the fact that any woman has to feel like she is a piece of shit or like she doesn't deserve love because she made this decision because it's so jammed into our heads that this is a bad thing to do or that it's only acceptable if it's, you know, because we've been traumatized. Well, guess what? We've all been traumatized because of your rhetoric. And I don't care, you know, which way, what you believe, blah, blah, blah. This is a human right. And it's a safety issue, whether it's mental health or a safety issue for the child. Like, you know, that was my main thing. I didn't, I didn't want to be so selfish to bring a child into this world that I couldn't take care of. How dare you do that to a child? How dare you do that to a child? And how dare you do that to me? And again, this was just a, if anybody doesn't know, (laughs) there's a way to live in this world and have an abortion and not feel like you're the worst person in the world. There is a way. Even when you live in a very Catholic country, when your country includes includes Vatican City, even though Vatican City is a country on its own. It
0: just, it it's
1: beyond my comprehension. And I, I I don't know where to go from here and I don't know what else to say about this. But, I mean, I don't think there is anything else that needs to be said. But if you, you know, have a story or you want to reach out or you feel traumatized by this too and terrorized by this as well, feel free to send me an email. You know, hello at AtelierKate.com, because I'm, d- I'm done feeling this way. I mean, again, 11 years later, and I'm still crying about it. It's, it's not acceptable, even after I've accepted what the decision that I made was, you know. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm in a country right now, I'm in Morocco, and they're talking about giving women time off who are menstruating because period pain is so ridiculous. And the quote-unquote free leader of freedom is taking away women's rights and making the next generation feel even worse for the decisions that they're making.
0: All right, well, I'm going to go calm down.
1: And I wish you all a very pleasant weekend. and. That's all I've got.